0: to Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a stroke survivor survivor and grateful recovering alcoholic. And um, if you are keeping up with the episodes over the past few days, to you, I would like to say good morning because this is all new for me to be recording my podcast in the morning. This has to do with uh, my, my commitment to recovery and putting recovery first so that I can make sure that I meet my basic need of sleep and do this uh, earlier in the day rather than at night. So yay me. Um, I get a star today. If you're keeping up, I get a star today. And I did go on Amazon and order some stars for myself because that's what I do. Um, So today... I'm going to talk about. Uh, this is part two of everything you are capable of becoming, and I'm going to be talking more about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And as I it's really. Um, as I look more at it, I've been able to see the parallels in recovery, and not only with the stroke recovery that I'm dealing with currently, but also my um, recovery in sobriety. So, the first question I have is, I want you to think about what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning. And I've been thinking that that's a loaded question because I was thinking about just the years of what has motivated me to get out of bed throughout my life. And um, it, it was like a almost an overwhelming wash of memories when I when I thought about it that way. If you look at uh, the hierarchy of needs by Maslow, what level, are you at today? Just today that motivates you to get out of bed. Before I made the decision to make big changes to focus on my recovery, um, and again, if you're paying attention to recent episodes, I did this just a couple days ago. I had to, I had to make big changes again. I needed to start a a whole new uh, recovery daily schedule for myself to make sure that I'm meeting my basic needs. Uh, Before I can even focus on rehabilitation or anything like that, I found that I wasn't even meeting my basic needs. So, before I made the decision to to make these changes, um, I was at level one which is meeting my physiological needs. And that is what got me out of bed. Um, what, What got me out of bed when I was actively working over the past couple years, when I was in denial about my stroke symptoms, I was thinking that self-actualization got me out of bed because this is the need to reach your full potential. But then I thought, huh, is that a little like arrogant of me to think that I was all the way at self-actualization? Um, and I thought better of that. And I put myself at level four, which is, uh, esteem needs because if I put my ego aside and humble myself a little bit I think it's more accurate that I was seeking achievement and self-esteem and status with my peers and with leadership at work. I would like to think that I was seeking personal growth and I think in a sense I was. But what was driving that, really? Was I seeking personal growth for myself because I just want to be all that I can be? Or was I seeking um, to, you know, to put it, I don't like to say it this way, but climb the ladder. And although I I didn't really seek to, I, I don't know that I was seeking to get a promotion, but more seeking, um, seeking the need to have others understand my value. That's, that's what I was seeking. And, and that is self-esteem all the way. So, so as I kind of lowered myself on the pyramid of hierarchy of needs from uh, self-actualization down to esteem, which isn't a negative thing. It's just kind of a uh, reality. Uh, I considered that Maslow's hierarchy of needs is based on exemplary people like Albert Einstein. So I, that's why I hear, that's why he created this hierarchy of needs. You know, how do you realize your full potential? So in order to do that, and I talked about this yesterday, you must need all, meet all the other needs. And um, so what is a self? actual actualized person like. Um, so just a couple things, and I'll go into it a little more in a, in a minute. But um, they enjoy independence. They enjoy, although they enjoy independence, they enjoy being with people as well. They enjoy solitude so that they have the time to think and contemplate. They enjoy the journey to the goal, not just achievement, but the journey to get there. They enjoy problem solving. And then um, I think very much like I've talked about when I got sober, the, the more I was able to get comfortable in sobriety, the more I was seeking to help others. I wanted others to to be sober and and happy and joyful like me. So what is my full potential for recovery and living a joyful life uh, post-stroke? So if I don't, what I've learned is that if I don't meet the need for self-actualization, I will encounter psychiatric deficiencies. So, meaning if I don't ever get to the point where I'm seeking personal growth, then that's not healthy, uh, mentally. That's not healthy because self-actualization is is a need, just like it's defined. It's not a luxury. It's, it's something that as a human being, we, we strive for. And um, so if we only ever seek to meet our lower level needs, then we'll never actually be fully satisfied in life. Which means to me, If I don't make this change now and go back to satisfying my basic needs, my physiological needs, then I can't in the future ever start seeking um, esteem, self-actualization, any of these things that where I was at before I started focusing on my recovery six weeks ago. So, a little more about what a self-actualized person is, and then I'm going to talk about how I think this fits into recovery, and how it fits into the challenges that people in recovery face, at least the challenges that I have faced. and this podcast is all about sharing my experience, strength, and hope so that um, so that I can help others. Um, so a sac- sac- bleh, self-actualized person is able to focus outward rather than inward. So um, this is something that when I got sober, it probably took me about five, four or five years to really start feeling a deep empathy for other active alcoholics that were entering into a program of recovery. and. And start feeling a lot of um, just sadness when they're coming in and out of the program so what that means to me is I was meeting at that point finally I was meeting my physiological needs my security needs my uh, my need for community and my need for um, for esteem, I was meeting all those. So then I could finally start focusing outward instead of inward. Um, a self-actualized person is comfortable in their own skin and they enjoy being quiet. They don't feel like they've always got to be running their mouth. A uh, good listener. Uh, a self-actualized person appreciates people, appreciates other people's emotions. I think that's where that empathy comes in, and appreciate being a a human being um, in a world of human beings. You know, um, they enjoy and are more familiar and more comfortable. When they do look inward and they know themselves, they they aren't a stranger to their reactions and they're actively nurturing their own talents. They do things because they get to, not because they have to. That's something that I also learned in sobriety was instead of whenever I found myself saying something like, oh, I have to go to work, you know, it's Monday, I have to go to work. I translate it, or I, I changed that mindset to I get to go to work, and the reason I get to go to work is because I'm sober. So having that kind of mindset and pursuing peak performance, uh, self-actualized people are able to give more love to others. Again, that's the empathy they're comfortable being wrong and comfortable with the unknown, comfortable in um, not knowing what lies ahead. Self-actualized people live, live purposely. They do things for the cause and they, uh, they seek to improve the world, add value to other people's lives, and they seek joy. So where does despair fit into all of this? Because this is how I felt a couple days ago. I, on Saturday, I just was moping around the house, dragging my feet, feeling sorry for myself. And in parallel with that, I was experiencing a lot of pain in my head. And, um, So I was thinking about how also when I first got into the program, when I decided to put down the drink, um, I was in despair also. So in both of these situations, my basic needs were not being met. I... You know, I was in pain. So, for the stroke on Saturday, I was in pain. I wasn't eating enough. I wasn't sleeping enough, not going to bed early enough. Um, I wasn't exercising. You know, it's challenging to exercise when you feel like shit. Like, when my head is hurting, it's really difficult to exercise. But I can put on some tennis shoes and do some stretches. You know, I can do something. I can lift some some barbells or something like that. Like, there's something I can be doing. If nothing else, I can um, meditate, you know. I, there's always something that I can do to be taking care of myself, even when my head is hurting. So I wasn't uh, meeting my, my basic needs. And then in sobriety, when I first got in, I wasn't meeting my basic needs, any of it. Again, I wasn't eating. That seems to be a trend for me. I wasn't sleeping. I mean, I was drinking till three in the morning uh, a lot of the time, and then I would wake up at six, I would just get enough sleep so that I could start drinking again. And then I would sleep again in the morning from like 9 a.m. to noon. And that got later and later. So I just, I didn't have a schedule. Um, I, I definitely wasn't exercising. I barely moved. In fact, when I first got into my recovery program for sobriety, I had, um, I think muscle atrophy. I really do think I did. Uh, my doctor didn't say that, but my toes were like tingling and stuff. I was never, uh, I didn't have any muscle tone anywhere in my body because I had been just sitting for years. On end, you know. Um, so again, my, my physiological needs weren't being met when I first entered recovery in sobriety as well. And as an adult, we have to meet our own physiological needs. So I was listening to a TED talk today about a young man who grew up in a household with uh, an alcoholic father and and his mother uh you know was working all the time and so he did not have a lot of those basic needs being met um food and safety and love and all of that stuff it just wasn't there for him and as he grew up he had to discover, and good luck to you, right? You have to discover how to meet your own physiological needs. And if we do, yay. If we don't, this is when, um, you know, I'm not touching on the chemical imbalance, of course, of people who need medication and stuff. But if we don't get those physical needs met and we don't discover that we have to and we can meet those needs ourselves, then that's where there's a lot of um, suicide uh, thoughts and stuff like that because um, what's the point, you know? How could I possibly think about meeting any sort of potential? when I'm not getting anything that I need in life. So um, I really thought that it was, um, it was really a, I can't think of the word, just a a incredibly fascinating story that the guy had. I love those TED Talks for sure. So as an alcoholic, that stage of despair was really an acknowledgement that my needs weren't being met and I was waiting for someone else to meet them and that's where I developed this victim mindset so the shift from having a victim mindset and waiting for someone else to meet my physiological needs, the difference between that and, and shifting over to the realization that I need to, and I can fulfill my own physiological needs, not only physiological needs, but safety, love, esteem as an adult. I have to meet those needs myself I don't have you know I have a parent but as an adult I need to step in and and meet those needs myself and if I don't or can't because I'm an alcoholic then I'm going to remain in that thought loop of being a victim So the difference between making that mental shift is the difference between life and death for an alcoholic. And I've seen it happen. I am so grateful to be on the side of life, but I have so many, I have a list of of people that I care about and have cared about in my life that did not make it. They could not, shift from that victim mindset or just being able to, to stand up physically and, um, and, and in every sense of the word, stand up and meet their own basic needs. So, um, today, if I shift over to looking at where I'm at today in my stroke recovery, that shift that I've had to make, that shift that I made only yesterday, um, is the difference between me making any sort of recovery and resigning myself to a lifetime of chronic head pain, Uh, extreme boredom because I can't do anything, and uh, neurological vision impairment. I mean, I don't have any sort of potential to, um, to recover if I don't make that shift to meet my own basic needs my own physiological needs, my own safety needs, and I, there are safety needs that um, when I'm, you know, sometimes, it, it's almost like when I'm not, not uh, taking care of myself, and I'm looking at my phone here and there, or I open my computer for a second and look at it, that pain, that immediate pain that I feel when I look at my phone or I look at the computer, that does put me into a lack of safety because I start getting dizzy um, and I start feeling like I um, you know, I'm going to fall over and, and all that stuff. And, and I'm not, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't have any kind of protection at that point. And maybe that's just not a great analogy for me, but, but it, I don't know. It makes sense to me. So anyway, um, I think this was, this was really, um, encouraging to look at recovery and, and how what I'm doing right now to step in and, and focus on my own basic needs, which, again, I talked about yesterday, are making sure that I eat, making sure that I sleep enough, making sure that I make time for exercise, meditation, my vision therapy, um, all of that stuff is, um, is very much in line with this Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I have a feeling that if I dig a little deeper, I'm going to be able to start, start working on what is my potential in recovery? How can I fulfill my greatest potential in recovery, um, post-stroke. So let's explore self-actualization more tomorrow. And thanks for listening.